Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. It was the summer of 2019 and we had planned a road trip from Texas to New York as well as surrounding states. Our road trip was going well. We had ventured through some really amazing states and cities. The travel crew consisted of my husband, two daughters, my husband's parents, and myself. We're pretty self-conscious of the hotels we stay in due to having two small children. Well, a review of La Quinta was really well in a suburb of Washington, D.C., and thus we chose to stay in that La Quinta. Once we arrived at that specific hotel, we had noticed that the hotel had a really rough surrounding area, despite the entire street being covered with hotels. Radisson, Marriott, True, La Quinta, Days Inn, etc. Just to name a few. However, the shopping complexes and the restaurants near that area seemed rough. My family stayed in the car and I went inside the lobby to pay and check in. While I was walking up to the lobby, there was a lady who followed me from my car to the entrance and asked for money. From there on, many red flags were raised. Once I ran inside, I called my husband to drive the car around. We decided to just go ahead and stay, since it was just for one day. We ended up deciding to share a hotel room with my in-laws, as the area around seemed really shady, and I figured it wouldn't be a bad idea to keep some extra people around. Once we checked in, my husband and I went to go grab some pizza for the family. We brought some pizza and just chilled in the hotel room. Not a bad day or night. The next morning, we went to go grab the continental breakfast. After we had breakfast, I stayed downstairs by the car and started putting luggage in the car that was brought down by my husband and his dad. My mother-in-law was upstairs with my six-month-old at the time, and my oldest, who was three at the time, was following my father-in-law and husband. Now, my husband and I always hold both of our kids' hands whenever we walk anywhere, and this wasn't different. My husband was holding her hand. My mother-in-law came down with my six-month-old in hand, along with my husband and his dad, because they forgot something. We decided that my husband and I would stay down and load up the car. My mother-in-law would hold our youngest, and then my father-in-law would go upstairs with our oldest. So, we had continued loading the car as my husband's parents then went upstairs to make sure our luggage was down. Afterwards, my husband went upstairs to do a final sweep of the room. Suddenly, my husband then yelled that our oldest wasn't with them. I quickly shut the trunk of the car and went into flight mode. I started screaming her name and running around. My husband was now running around on the second floor, knocking on neighbors' rooms, asking and checking. My husband's parents shut down and started crying. See, the hotel we were staying at was three floors. So as we're running around, I'm downstairs and my husband's on the second floor and my in-laws are standing by the stairs staring into space. We also had some pedestrians help us out and run and look around. The area had police and they heard me screaming. So the police had arrived within one minute because they heard me screaming for her. The officers also got her description and started asking for a picture. Finally, our oldest came down from the third floor. We didn't check the third floor because all of this happened within about four minutes and we were looking around. We're really thankful we found her. 
We left that hotel, and now we don't go to any hotel that seems shady at all. We spend the extra money, and we just stay in a nice and secure hotel. We assume she went upstairs because we have stairs in our house, so she went up looking for her dad. However, there was a maid on the third floor who was looking down at us. Her eyes were really emotionless and cold while we were looking. I called the hotel and asked for footage, but we never got anything. We decided to just let it go because our daughter was safe with us. This year, our oldest turned six. We told her about the time that she got lost, and she actually remembered a couple of pieces about it. She told us that the maid had waved at her and went upstairs. Then she heard me scream her name. Parents, please be careful when you go on a vacation, especially if you bring your kids. My husband and I don't leave the kid's side anymore, and we aren't dependent on his parents. So, my story happened in March 2022. I'm a 22-year-old female university student from Germany. I finished all of my exams this semester, and I took my father with me on a vacation. I decided to spend the days in Cairo, so the language isn't a barrier for me, since Arabic is my second language. We flew there right after I finished my exams. It was our first time in Egypt, and it was really nice. I had drawn up a plan of when we would do what and where. However, my father didn't like to stick to my plan and he liked to do his own thing, which ultimately could have cost us our lives. I'll tell you how. It started like this. I was really pissed off one day because my dad had really wasted a lot of our time and we just sat at the hotel all day while I wanted to visit a popular attraction. I was able to assert myself and then visited this attraction. However, we arrived late and we could only visit it for half an hour as they were just about to close. My father then wanted to make me happy and visit more sites. It was now around 4.30 p.m., which meant the sun was about to set in just an hour and a half, but I didn't really care at the moment. I just wanted to have fun and I thought nothing would happen as long as my father was near me, of course. At least, I thought so. Near the site we visited, there was a cemetery where a very well-known person was buried there, a well-known personality that many would visit in Egypt, so we went there. My father wanted to explore the cemetery a little bit more and see if there were any other historical notables. My father saw a man there, and he looked like he worked there. My father immediately asked the man if there were any other celebrities living there. The man said yes, and he wanted to take us there. To be honest, I was annoyed and I didn't want to follow a stranger in this moment. After all, I could have just Googled that, but my father followed him, and so did I. He then took us to a cottage-like tomb. However, it was locked, and we couldn't enter. The man then started banging so hard on the door, but no one answered. Then he said there was another place, and he took us there. This new place, however, was really weird. I got a really bad feeling because the place was right in the middle of the cemetery between all these houses. It was partly isolated and then suddenly there were so many men right outside. The man greeted the weird stranger and then he said, In the house over there, there it is. Go in and check it out. And they showed us a little house. My father and I didn't want to go in at first, but the man insisted. And with that, we entered. This place made me feel really uneasy. It seemed so fabricated. It was old and dirty where the grave stood. 
Normally such tombs are a sight there and are always cared for, always clean. But with this, that wasn't the case at all. Inside of this house were two elderly men who invited us in and wanted us to sit down. My father sat down immediately. One of the men just looked at us during the whole sitting and he didn't say a word. He just gave us a weird look. Both of these old men seemed really sketchy, but not too long after, my father immediately struck up a conversation with the men. At first, the conversation was normal, but then one of the men wanted to talk to just me, which as you can imagine, made me uncomfortable. And then suddenly, two more men came in and then sat down with the other two. We were now sitting with four men who looked really sketchy, and one of them kept trying to talk to me. Note, the guy who was trying to talk to me looked to be about 55. Then another guy came, and he brought some tea. One thing that I really noticed is that none of those men took a sip of the tea. Only my father. I got a really bad feeling, and so I didn't drink any of it at first. Then the man got pushy, and they said I should drink. So stupidly, I took a small sip. Right after I did it, I immediately regretted it. By this time, my father had already drunk half of his cup. Like I said, the men themselves didn't drink a sip of it. Then, the man started talking about how he found me really pretty, and he would look at me all the time if he could. He acted like he was such a great guy, which just really terrified me at the moment. It was just such a weird and strange interaction. I'm with an old man who apparently thinks I'm pretty, in a small room in the middle of the cemetery, with three other strange men, and my father had already half drunk his cup. I was honestly afraid that they might have put narcotics in the tea. I just wanted to get away at this point but I didn't know what to do. Then my father suddenly got up and said we had to go now. The men wanted us to stay, but my father said we'd come back tomorrow, and so they let us go. As we were leaving, the disgusting old man then said, Goodbye, pretty one. I hope you come back tomorrow. I'd really like to see you again. In a tone that made me even more scared than I already was. I just wanted to leave these four walls immediately, but to my shock... When I went outside, I saw that three other men were sitting at the door. I didn't even notice when they entered the room or how long they sat there. But one thing was clear, they could have blocked the door at any time. When we were finally outside, one of them accompanied us all the way out until we left the cemetery. It was the same man who took us there. He spoke to my father. I, however, concentrated on the way there and tried to stay alert. The sun was already setting at this point and my father held onto my hand really tightly as we then walked at a really fast pace. As the man was leaving, my father said to me, Did you hear what he just said? He said if you come tomorrow, he'll take us to the first place that was locked today. But you'd better keep your daughter right by your side and don't let go of her hand. I was shocked upon hearing this and just wanted to go back to the hotel. I said that we should probably hurry now because I started getting a headache after I drank half that cup. My father said, It got dark after that, and as quickly as we could, we took the first taxi we could find and headed back to the hotel. I don't know what those men were up to, but imagine being stunned in the middle of a cemetery in a foreign country in a really small room, just my father and I and seven other men, four in the front and three in the back. I'm just really glad that nothing bad happened to us. To introduce myself, my name is Anthony, 
and I'm going to break this up into two stories that have occurred when I was 10 and 15. Due to privacy reasons, I'm not going to mention the country. However, what I can say though is that all of this took place outside of the US. Now to give some background information, although we loved visiting this country, we would always attempt to keep our heads low. It's really beautiful, but not without its own troubles. It's strongly recommended for foreigners to never travel here with jewelry, fancy objects, or really anything that would call attention to yourself. The area that these two stories take place are within a small part of the country that is more run down and poorer than the rest of it. Please keep this in mind as we continue with the story. When I was 10 years old, this was the first time that I'd ever visited this place. I knew I had family, but I never got to see them up in person. My dad wanted to visit his family and my mom's family, so me, my older sister, and him took a flight there. We arrived at the country. Our relatives picked us up from the airport and drove us to our home that my dad had built there. As soon as we arrived at the house, we settled our luggage, rested, and then talked with our relatives. Now, being that I was really curious to explore the new area around me, I got off and left the house. I took the camera with me to record the neighborhood. Now, as I continued to record the rundown neighborhood, some of the locals were staring at me, while some of the others were warning me, telling me to put away the camera and to stop recording. I wasn't really sure why people were warning me to put it away, but I obliged. However, I couldn't shake the fact that something was off. Being that I was startled, I started walking back home with the camera in hand. I met up with my family members and I told them what happened. I quickly got scolded for making a foolish move and was then told to hide any jewelry, hide the camera, and try and blend in with the population to dress the part. Now, remember that uneasy feeling that I had mentioned earlier? Well, one of my cousins saw a person following me with something hidden in their hands. My cousin knew the neighborhood and all the people there as he really loved to hang out in the streets a lot. Because of his connections, he knew who the person was and he told them to stop following me and did not hurt me. My heart sank when I heard this. I told my dad and sister about this and they were really relieved nothing happened. Soon afterwards, we went to my dad's side of the family on a different part of the country that's generally more safer than my mom's side. With this being said, take this story and pay attention to what you wear and see if it won't be a problem on where you go. You never know who's watching you in the shadows to take those items. Well, fast forward about five years later, I'm currently returning to the same part of the country. However, this time it's my mom coming to see her family with my older sister and me. We went back to the same place I had visited five years ago with the rules in mind that I've learned the hard way. Everything so far was going really good so we went out and we explored different places with my stepbrother. However, there was this one house next to us that was really sketchy. I can't describe it, but something was really off with that house. The whole house was covered with so many trees, and it was blocked by a gate. Each time I passed by this house to get groceries, my curiosity grown and got bigger and bigger, until finally, I asked my grandma who was the neighbor and whose house was that. What was that house? And did anyone live there? My grandma sat down and she began explaining. Apparently there was a man that lived in that house that got really bad illusions and had a terrible temper. If I can recall, I believe he went crazy when his wife and son died. It's also rumored that this man may have killed his wife and son. 
but I can confirm this is true, as it was just a rumor. I was advised to never knock on his door and engage with the man, due to the unstable nature he carried. Now, I'm a pretty outgoing person, but there's no way I'm engaging with that guy after what I was told. Fast forward about a week into our vacation, and some random guy got rocks and began throwing it at the neighbor next door. My neighbor began cursing and screaming and threatening him, saying he was going to kill him if he kept going. The guy just kept throwing the rocks, and this really pissed off the neighbor so much. He grabbed a machete and began opening the gate. When the guy saw what the neighbor had in his hand, he began taking steps back. The psycho neighbor was still walking towards him nonstop, and the other guy kept going in circles. Let's call the guy who's causing all the commotion Dan. In a psychotic fit of rage, my neighbor swung the machete at Dan's arm as Dan tried to swing at him with his fist. Blood began dripping from Dan's arm. Getting angry, Dan kept attempting to punch my psychotic neighbor, but he just kept swinging the machete at Dan, cutting him more and more. Soon enough, Dan was on the floor covered in blood, and my neighbor began kicking him. I witnessed the bloody fight behind the gate doors I resided on. My mother then pulled me and my sister inside the house within the gated doors, and we all just waited until everything subsided. The locals were patching Dan's injuries and sponging him from all of his bloody wounds. This was the second strike where I really kept in mind just how dangerous this place can really be. Well, fast forward another four years when I was now 19, and I went to visit my mother's side of the family again, and I saw the psycho's house again. However, only this time, it seemed to be completely destroyed, and it appeared to be burned down. I inquired of my grandma what had happened, and where's the guy now? What my grandma told me absolutely scarred me to this day. That very same man started throwing fire around his own house and started going crazy. He kept saying the devil's after him, and he caught himself on fire and began burning. Unfortunately, however, help arrived on the scene just a little too late, and the man ended up dying from his wounds. To this day, his burned-up house remains there for everyone to see. Before I begin, I'd like to start off by giving a trigger warning for sexual harassment. On to my story. My name is Emilio, and I'm 16 years old. I have a boyfriend who I'll call G, and he has an identical twin brother who I'll call D. G and I are very close with one another. It was sort of one of those fall in love at first sight kind of things. We're in almost all of each other's classes, and it's been that way since the very beginning of the year. We mostly just started out as close friends, and I eventually got closer to his brother as I was at their house fairly often. We were a friend group of three for a long time, and Dee had actually been the one to give us a shove into dating. So yeah, G and I have been together since November, so it's been roughly four months. However, in December, I had started to notice some really strange behavior out of Dee. He'd never really been a touchy character, but I noticed he'd make small efforts to be in contact with me, like touching my arm or moving my hair. I just ignored it for a while, and I just brushed it off as D just finally getting comfortable around me. Well, the same type of behavior continued for a few more weeks, so I brought it up to G, but he said it was probably nothing, but that he would still talk to D about it. Fast forward a couple of days, and G comes back to me, 
saying that Dee said he didn't realize he was doing it, but that he'd stop. It was the last week of December and the first week of January, and we all decided to fly down to Florida for a vacation together. I went with G, D, and their parents. We all stayed in rental houses, but G's parents decided to rent a separate smaller house for the three of us. Now, before this next part, I'd like to mention that I've never had difficulty telling them apart. Despite them being identical twins, they look very different to me. Granted, that's when we're in a well-lit room. We were at the house for about two weeks. The first week was completely normal, and everything seemed fine in the house. We were watching movies every night, cooking, baking, playing games, etc. But on the second week, the mood suddenly shifted, and for seemingly no reason. G and D weren't talking all of a sudden, and had caught D giving me really nasty looks from the living room. One night I snapped, and I yelled at the both of them, asking them what's the matter. All G did was huff a sigh, then said they had a fight, and went to his room. D, however, walked right up to me, and then put his hands on my shoulders. He then slid his hands down to my arms, then to my hands, and then said, M, I'm really sorry if we bothered you with our disagreement, and then he just cocked his head and smiled, and went to his room. The next night, I was getting ready for bed at around 10pm, so the lights in my room were quite dimmed, and I could just barely see the outline of my own hand. I was right in the middle of taking off my shirt, when I then heard my door creak open, and then someone walked in. I didn't say anything, until I felt who I assumed was G, then wrap his arms around my waist. Well, hello there, I said. He didn't say anything, but he just kissed me on my neck. I was going to turn around, but he'd gripped me even tighter, which then made me ask him what was wrong. Again, he didn't say anything. I couldn't really move in his grip, and it was clear that he knew this, because he threw me onto my bed and then got on top of me, leaning to my side so I once again couldn't see his face. I knew that he was going to try and have sex with me, so I put my hand on his shoulders in an effort to push him away. When my hands landed on his shoulders, I felt like my heart just stopped for a moment. In that moment, two things occurred to me. He hadn't spoken a single word, and his shoulders felt different. I decided to test my gross suspicion, and I whispered G's name. He whispered my name back into my ear. When he said my name, I felt sick to my stomach, and I seriously thought I was going to throw up right then and there. I knew in that moment that the boy on top of me wasn't my boyfriend, but it was D pretending to be him. I yelled and kicked my legs, screaming for him to get off of me. I finally threw him down, just as G rushed in to find me topless and then D on the floor, now groaning. All G did was yell, What the fuck? Then grabbing me and dragging me out of the room, and he then took me to the house his parents were staying at. I told G and his parents what had all happened, and we decided to end the trip early. It's been about a month since that all happened. Neither G nor have I spoken to D ever since that night. Only a few weeks ago, did G and D's parents finally make the decision to send him to some kind of correctional facility as punishment for him. His parents apologized profusely to me and my family, saying that they had no idea he was going to act like that. I told him it was okay and it wasn't their fault, but that I just don't think I want to see D again for a really long time. And if I'm being totally honest here, I'm really dreading the day that D finally returns. <laughs>